Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Good morning. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of Believe in Sports Law via the Believe Podcast Network. This is episode 25 of season 2. And today is Monday, June 22nd, 2020. I hope that uh, all the fathers out there had a wonderful Father's Day. And uh, for the families out there, that everything's going well for you. And, um, you know, things are coming, hopefully coming back to you, you know, coming back for you in terms of business and, and getting life back on track and all those sorts of things. And just hope that everybody's doing well out there. So today's episode is on how uh, consumer trends have changed deal-making. And this is somewhat of a loaded title because I really want to dive deep on the content here in terms of uh, what this looks like and, and what this specifically means and what I'm trying to get at. So... You know, ultimately, I think that in entertainment, media, sports, and technology, uh, in those sort of fields today, we really have uh, three trends that are occurring in consumption and deal-making today. And I think in sort of looking at this, again, as I mentioned, I want to dive deep I want to look at um, the diversification of platform and content. I want to look at the monetization of use and ideas. And then lastly, I want to look at the sharing of liability and revenue. And those are the three trends that I see occurring in the marketplace today. So, you know, starting off, I think just defining the category when I'm talking about entertainment, media, sports, technology, I'm looking at social media. I'm looking at any sort of platform that either um, hosts content or shares content or whatever it might be. And so anything from a streamer like HBO Max or Netflix to TikTok to, to you know LinkedIn, whatever it might be, uh, Twitter, Snapchat, that sort of thing. So, uh, and then of course with uh, entertainment, anything from film and television to uh, sports in terms of professional sports, college sports, and media in terms of whatever media we consume in the sense of the, uh, that sense of the word, but also in the sense of the word with regard to, let's say, the mainstream media, traditional media, um, you know, online media, this sort of thing, or even alternative forms of media. So in looking at point one, in, in that sort of context of how we describe, you know, the category. Uh, and, and also, I forgot to mention technology in terms of, like, let's say, the use of the Internet um, and, and sort of how information is shared and processed, right? So uh, looking at diversification of platform and content, what we're seeing more and more these days is more and more people seem to be watching television on social media than on television. More and more people seem to be getting their information on podcast than talk radio. More and more people seem to be listening to podcasts and reading books or the newspaper. And streaming, of, of course, is king uh, in nearly all forms of content. 
Now you still have a significant group of the population, particularly uh, let's say the elderly who still use you know uh, linear TV. Uh, but of course that is changing over time and people are continuing to cut the cord and this is especially true and I'd be curious to see what the numbers are uh, post-COVID-19 and how this has played out in that context and whether those numbers have increased. And I think the data so far has shown that they have indeed increased. And then there also seems to be more diverse content at people's fingertips and available by uh, voice control uh, than ever before and growing by the day. And consumption seems to increase on distribution platforms um, but it also seems simultaneously to be reducing in length over time. Uh, and I mean watch length. You know, for example, you might catch yourself, um, you know, let's say watching, you know, Instagram TV or Facebook Live or uh, Facebook videos and catching your news and information from that than, you know, sitting down and watching your typical five o'clock news program. Uh, or you find your information on Twitter or whatever it might be, or even through direct communication, people sharing of articles and information. And I think, again, it's the use of technology, it's the use of platforms. And we're seeing more and more, um, you know, content. And, you know, specifically meaning people are consuming more content over shorter periods of time everywhere and anywhere that they have access to the Internet or a download. You know, for example, um, and we've talked about this previously, where this idea of sort of removing the middleman and finding places where um, content can go direct to the consumer. We see this a lot in music, um, to where people are finding artists and musical content that they wouldn't normally have heard. And this is especially true in my case, where I've been able to listen to more albums of music that I like and genres uh, than I ever had before because of platforms. You know, for example, Spotify uses an algorithm of user experience to create daily stations. Uh, Spotify also allows users to experience content consumer might have listened to before based on that exact user experience. And again, the algorithm is not perfect, uh, but it is the wave of the future. Uh, this idea of interactive, smart, and learning platforms, right? And that is both scary and exciting at the same time. Scary from the privacy aspect, um, and then, but obviously exciting from the technology and use aspect. And of course, there's this idea that um, psychologists have talked about where, um, you know, whether more information is indeed good for people in the sense of sometimes you get information overload. And what does that mean? And how does that look? And what effect does that have on people, right? So that's the first aspect that we're seeing with consumer trends uh, having changed deal-making is this idea of diversification of platform and content. So of course, when you have more diverse content, more direct-to-consumer content, and you have uh, platforms that have learning algorithms um, using you know, artificial intelligence, um, I think that, you know, of course, it's going to change deal-making. It's going to change how deals are structured and change how, changes how people um, you know, value themselves and value product, right? So that's sort of the first aspect. The next, next, uh, next and second aspect is this idea of the monetization of use and ideas. 
So there's a terrific book out there that I've read that I highly encourage uh, folks to take a look at it. And it's, and it's called Exponential Organizations. It's by a terrific author named Salim Ishmael. And uh, he runs a university called Singularity University. Highly uh, suggest you check him out. Check out this book, Exponential Organizations. But in Salim Ishmael's book, in the context of monetization of use and ideas, he says that once any domain, discipline, technology, or industry becomes information-enabled and powered by information flows, its price-slash-performance begins doubling approximately annually. He continues with his argument that the internet is now the world's nervous system, with our mobile devices serving as endpoints and nodes on that network. He also states that information, the information is still information age is still young, and we've only traveled about one percent down the path. When considering how much information is collected today, which is astronomical compared to ten years ago, and interestingly enough, it is ever expanding on a daily basis, meaning. We collect more information in one day or in one hour than we have, let's say, in the last 10 years. And those aren't the exact numbers, but to give you sort of um, a perspective, you can read his book to get the exact numbers on it. But that's the idea, is that information is growing at that fast of a pace. And when we think about it, you know, how many pictures are uploaded to Instagram on a daily basis? How many uh, people are sharing and liking content? How many people are watching content, listening to music? It is just so easy to do that now. Towards your it's like you heard it on the radio, you listen to the vinyl record. I mean, if one household had in a neighborhood had a you know some sort of musical player, right? Or they had a piano, something like that. Of course, this has just changed. Everybody now has millions of songs at their fingertips through Pandora and Spotify or whatever types of content through uh, their different types of streamers, right? And so, uh, again, this idea of uh, information powering everything. And now, of course, he also, uh, Celine closes with this idea of one of the most important and least celebrated achievements of the internet during the last decade was that it cut marginal cost of marketing and sales to nearly zero. And of course, we have proof of this in that uh, the evidence is in how much content is consumed now for free because of information and platform expansion and advertisements on those platforms. And of course, advertising, the advertising industry is changing, particularly during COVID-19 and post-COVID-19, and we'll see how that plays out. But there are some new trends emerging there. But think about how much less expensive content is now to consume versus yesterday. It used to cost $100, $200 a month for cable and satellite bills, right? And now you're paying $50 a month for, you know, three or four different platforms. And especially where you have deals in place where you're getting discounts, you're having bundles. So, you know, again, content is a lot more expensive. You're getting a lot more of it. And folks who, let's say, grew up in the 80s, you know, 70s, 60s, whatever, it's like, you know, the idea of how much content is available now versus yesterday is just, it's it's mind-boggling. And I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that and how much content we are consuming. And of course, this is done through multiple streaming platforms for movies, <clears throat> television, music are available. Sorry, my voice, <clears throat> a little early in the morning, but uh, are available to the point where... Um, you know, I've personally experienced more content in the last few years than I have in my entire life. And 
and and it's just it's so easy to see that with how much content is available now you know where you might usually you know watch you know a vhs right and then now or a dvd and then now it's just like you have uh, an unlimited library in many senses of of what you can and cannot watch and it really i think the question is just what i mean the, what you can't watch is very limited so i think um you know, part of this too is is that the content again, people are would rather get their news and specific content or see clips of something than watch an entire show, or watch an, an entire newscast, uh, watch an entire sports broadcast. You know, we can definitely see this on social media platforms, which again is also free. And where the monetization of use and ideas comes in is that platforms can use the data that's collected and usage on it and they can monetize that data to reach more consumers and deliver content that the consumer wants and often that data includes ideas uh, that is shared in commenting liking and watching which again can be monetized and it goes without saying that industry is also gain, uh, able to gain insights from hashtags and user experience that can be available for both corporate responsibility purposes and for monetization so uh, some interesting, um, you know, insights there from that aspect of the monetization of use and ideas. So again, folks, we're talking about consumer trends have changed deal making. The first aspect was diversification of platform and content. We talked a little bit about the different types of diverse content and platforms that are available now in entertainment, media, sports, and technology. We've talked about the monetization of use and ideas. And Salim Ishmael's book, Exponential Organizations, and the Power of the Internet, Power of Data, Collecting Data, Using Data, Monetizing Data. And finally, let's take a look at this idea of sharing, the sharing of liability and revenue. Uh, where we look at professional sports leagues and players unions, we can see that many of them now share revenue, uh, which also means they share in the liability. Uh, there seems to be this increasing call for partnerships and deal making uh, where people have equal liability and ownership which leads to people being equally invested in the success of something uh, we in some sense it's the empowerment of content creators and businesses to have mutual success there's evidence of this in let's say netflix offering shonda rhymes um, it's nine-figure deal and some of its other um, content creators with uh, this idea of, um, you know, sort of guarantees and, uh, and and just a lot of money flowing flowing there from one party to another. Uh, there's evidence of this in brand partnerships where athletes are working with major companies and taking ownership in companies and taking ownership in teams. Um, and then, of course, finally... There's evidence of this in content creators getting nine figures deals and keeping ownership on podcast platforms. We've seen this with uh, um, the Joe Rogan podcast. We've seen this um, with um, the Ringer podcast. You know, this is just, it, it's something that I think is going to continue to grow as podcasts grow as a platform um, of interest and as podcasts grow in general. So, folks, that's uh, that's what we have this week. It's uh, looking at consumer trends have changed deal making. Again, we looked at diversification of platform and content. We looked at the monetization of use and ideas, and lastly, we just reviewed the sharing of liability and revenue.
which all leads to different ways uh, to deal make. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed this week's show. And again, happy Father's Day, happy belated Father's Day to the, to the, to the dads out there. I hope all is well with you and yours. And really do appreciate you listening to the show and look forward to being back with you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.